0: Okay, so we are looking at Matthew 2 today, because it is February 2. Ta-da! Um, so, there are some fun things to do when you're reading through Matthew 2. By the way, all of you, Jenny, I think you're into this, um... I don't know who else is doing, um, like artsy Bible journaling where it's more than just note-taking, but I have a desire for, are you, all you artistic Bible journalers. So we're in, um, so my hair's down here in the camera. It's the glory of the Lord. Let it rise among us. Um, Matthew two and. We go through Jesus being born in Bethlehem of Judea. Um, if you've not heard my podcast that I did during the um, Christmas holiday about the wise men, please go hear it. I I enjoy talking about um, what the scripture says versus what we traditionally hold. And we traditionally hold it because of paintings, um, not because the artists were... Uh, biblical scholars. Let me see if anybody's complaining about the positioning of this, uh, of this Bible. Is the camera upright, Angel? You might talk to me. I don't know if I'll see it, but is the, is, is the angle right on this camera? Or is it flipped around? Kind of looks upside down on my side. Anyway, uh, until I see somebody talk to me, I'm gonna plow ahead. Um, so, um, if you've not heard my podcast about the wise men, please go go hear that. Um for sure it's on Podbean and Apple Podcasts. I just enjoy enjoy talking about the differences in the myths and the realities of what scripture say. Uh for instance, the Bible does not say there were three wise men. It just says exactly as we read in Matthew 2, wise men. So there could have been a 100 wise men for all we know. We We narrow it down to three because we know they brought gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But we don't know how many wise men there were. Um, And I needed in here where it would say, um, for thus it is written by the prophet. I needed to know what that prophet was. And so this was um, Micah. Micah five two is where this prophecy is fulfilled, and also I've got a a podcast in the Christmas series about Herod, and um, uh, just so sad that there are two things about it that is so sad. One that Herod was so evil that he went to men of God who knew scriptures and to to try to. Uh, waylay or defeat the plan of God. He was so arrogant to think he could do that. Um, but then also these, these biblical scholars through looking at the prophecies and it breaks my heart that they did not leave Herod immediately and go with the wise men to see this very, these very prophecies that they told the King, this is what the prophecies say. So, um, the, they they told uh the chief priests and scribes of the people told the king it is written by the prophet, and that prophet is Micah 5 2. Um I I made notes in here about that star in the east. You'll need to go hear the podcast because I don't want to take too much time this morning, but it it lights my brain on fire. It makes me so happy. Um Let's see. I I can't see down here. Oh, yeah. Again, I talk about in the pod in the podcast that I did during Christmas about how by the time the wise men got to Jesus, he was um, probably around two years old. And the reason I think that is because when Herod killed the children. He slew all the children that were born in Bethlehem all the coast thereof from two years old and under and Herod asked the wise men what time the star appeared. Um anyway, when you read when you read the chapter, you'll see that he asked what time the star appeared and there's a reason why he killed children two and under and I believe it's because the wise men said they saw the the star about two years ago. And so he killed all the children two years and um, under. Also, I made note as I wrote, uh, read through here, um, when they were come to the house, when the wise men came to the house, they saw the young child. And Luke, when Luke tells the story about the shepherds, Luke very clearly calls him, you'll find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. And so by the time the wise men got to Jesus, I don't believe he was a newborn um, anymore. I believe that he was a young child, probably around two years old. But it's possible that two years before Christ was born, the wise men started, um, studying and following that star. So I'm not trying to make a new doctrine. I'm just trying to say that the original paintings that we've grown up seeing during Christmas may not be accurate because they were, they were, uh, they were drawn by artists who had their own imaginations. Um, also I made note through chapter two, how often dreams facilitate a move of God. Um, uh, Joseph again had another dream. The wise men have a dream. Um, dreams were just so important to this whole process of, of Christ, um, Coming and Christ doing His work, and then also in verse fourteen, when Joseph had his dream, it says, "When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt." And I made note that obedience is often inconvenient when God gives us uh, a way a way to function. Um, I'm, I'm not sure why we see the will of God as being so joyful. It is joyful. It's wonderful to operate in the will of God, but. I'm not sure why when we're when it's difficult for us to do the will of God, we think there's got to be something easier and better than this. <laughs> no, the will of God is often inconvenient, and protecting the plan of God is often inconvenient. That's what Joseph was doing. He was protecting the plan and purpose of God by leaving at night with a, with Mary and a young child. Um the will of God is often inconvenient. So just because life is not going as you like, and you know, it's difficult, that doesn't mean the devil is attacking. Sometimes the will of God is just hard to do. Um, so we should stay faithful to the call that God's put in our life. Um, okay. So I, uh, then verse 17, then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy, I love, again, we, we saw this yesterday also, how the Old Testament and the New Testament are pronouncing words differently based on the different languages, and we're going to talk about those different languages more where you see all these notes here. Um, so in the Old Testament, we call him Jeremiah, and that's Jeremiah 31.15, and I wrote that. Um, let's see here, Jeremiah 31.15, is where that prophecy is at, and so then we come over here to um, to Matthew leading leading to the end of Matthew chapter two, um, when Joseph had a another dream saying. Um, take the young child and his mother and go into the land of Israel for they are dead, which sought the young child's life. So Herod's dead now. So he arose, took the young child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus did reign in Judea and the room of his father Herod, he was afraid to go thither, notwithstanding being warned of God in a dream. Oh, this guy in his dreams. I love it so much. He turned aside into the parts of Galilee and he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth. This is where I had to kind of go into a deep dive today, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. Now, I want you to see my note here because I want you to just See how important it is to be cautious of commentary. Be cautious of commentary. When you see commentary on Google, for Pete's sake, I am so, I can't tell you how my gut gets in a knot when I'm trying to scan through commentary to find scripture because Commentary can be so misleading. And I mentioned this in that Bible journaling video. They are absolute snakes and liars trying to turn people from the word of God. You cannot just swallow everything you read in a commentary because they've got the letters PhD beside their name or they've got whatever degree they've taken because first of all, they could be liars even about that degree. Secondly, um, just because somebody is educated about a topic does not mean they're educated in this book. And so anyway, just don't, don't swallow everything you read, but this is something that, that caught me and I made a note in, in my margin and it was important enough to me that I made a note, not on a a loose piece of paper, which I believe these are important to me too. These are my private notes and my private commentary, but I'm just pointing out how commentary can be. So Um, One of the commentators that I was reading pointed out how, and I actually saw this a lot when I was trying to find this prophet's verse, you know, I did that for all of these others. I found the exact, what Old Testament prophet said this. And usually what I do, if I Google, you know, like I Googled what Old Testament prophet said um, uh, in Rama, there was a loud Uh, a voice heard lamentation weeping. Like I, you know, I Googled that exact phrase and I just basically scan without clicking into the links. I just scan, I find the biblical reference and then I go read that reference rather than read commentary. Um, And so sure enough, you can find those. So I did that here, but here what I kept seeing over and over is that first of all, the word Nazareth, is not in the Old Testament. And so the word Nazarene is not in the Old Testament. And so people that want to say the Bible is um, is a lie or a, a, the Bible contradicts itself, um, that in itself, if you are not studied and if you are not um, uh, uh, open to figuring out what that means, you will fall prey to that kind of commentary. So they said in there, uh there is no mention of nazareth in the old testament and that's true there is no mention of nazareth or a nazarene in the old testament and so one of these commentators was pointing out how um there's only one this is what most most of the commentators that i read this morning was saying there is only one possible old testament scripture that could be talking about him being a Nazarene and coming from Nazareth. They were saying there was one and one guy in particular, he had a PhD and um, I do love smart people and I do greatly value and appreciate people who have spent that much time in education to have a PhD. So I do try to try to uh, see what they have to say. They, i have to be careful though cuz i am so suckered in by him but this one guy in particular was saying how first of all it's ridiculous that people would believe the bible because of this one thing that he was calling faulty um and he was saying that matthew says spoken by the prophets and that there's only one old testament possible verse and we're going to look at that in just a minute and so in my openness, I said, okay, let me go study this word prophets and see what that is. And so I wrote in my notes, um, the translator chose a plural, prophets, but a singular is fine. And that actually is true um, because when you when you look up the definition of the word prophets, you find an interpreter of oracles, one moved on by the spirit of God. And so it is possible that somebody could say in our English language, don't forget. All right, let me show you something. Let me show you and explain something. This is a book I'm reading right now. By the way, it's, it's awesome. I've only read chapter one, but it's awesome. Okay, here's a book I'm reading called The Good Life. It's by Robert Waldinger and Mark Schultz. If you follow my profile, I've got an album in there where I'm kind of reviewing as I go. This book was written, it's a original language is English. It's original language is English. Now, if other, uh, uh, Nationalities who speak other languages are going to read this book. Somebody's going to need to translate it into French or German or Spanish or Mandarin or whatever the language is. And that translator, I know this just from my um, days of interpreting for the deaf. A translator has to, has to use one, the language, one word from a language and figure out how that works in their language. And so this is happening in this book as well. The New Testament was written in Koine, Greek. And so for every language that it was translated into, there is an interpreter who is going to be using his skills, and I have a, a documentary that I love so much. If somebody will remind me, I'll post it, about the the translators of the King James Version, which is the one I'm reading. I, I like um, NLT, ESV. Um, I like several different translations, but I feel like the purest one is King James Version. Anyway, so a translator can use their... Um, their education and their ability to to convey the meaning of one word into another language. They have that, that responsibility and that prerogative to choose the word that they want. And so I really thought that's what was happening here, is that whoever translated this from Greek into English used put the S on the end of that prophets, And I really, really thought this PhD commentator was accurate when he said there's only one prophet who said it in the Old Testament. But he, my friends, was incorrect. <sighs> and here we go. So this is the one scripture that I saw multiple... Um, Commentators say is the only, they were saying it's the only Old Testament scripture, Isaiah 11. And there is a reason why they say it's the only one. Isaiah 11, 1, and there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Okay, here's why they say, now, now, Matthew says, which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. He shall be called a Nazarene. Now, again, Nazareth and Nazarene is nowhere in the Old Testament. It's not there. Neither the town nor people from the town. You know, you've got um, the town of Shunem and the woman from Shunem, she was a Shunemite. So the people from Nazareth, they are a Nazarene. (coughs) <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> okay, so here's here's the the prophecies. So it turns out that the word branch in Hebrew is pronounced netzer. And you can fairly quickly start hearing the word Nazareth in that. Now, these commentators, who are enemies of the word of God, mocked this idea because, I don't know if you can see it, I took the time to write it, copy it in Hebrew. I, you know, I say I took the time, I'm terrible at, at it. Let's see. Do you see these little, these little figures right there? It looks like a seven and a backwards Y and a, a backwards seven with a little hook on the end. Those are three Hebrew letters, and they are the letters N, S, and R. And this whack job said that the reason why, you know, he's calling calling me an idiot and calling other people an idiot, because these three Hebrew letters, if you translated them into English, would be N, S, and R. And because the um, the original greek is n a t s r a t he says he's he's not he has no idea what he's talking about but he says that because these three english letters are also in this greek um, word that that's why we say um, a branch shall grow out of his roots this word branch is in the Hebrew Netzer. But that is not, this NSR is not what that is. So what you actually have, you've got to leave the people who are are, um, trying to prove the Bible wrong, and you've got to just study actual linguists. And when you study actual linguists, Um, They're not trying to argue the points of the Bible. They're just telling you the history of this town. And so this town in Hebrew was initially pronounced Netzer, And then once the Greeks came along, they pronounced it Netzara. And then you've got Natsrat, which is where, of course, I'm not saying it right. I'm saying it with a Dene Southern accent who doesn't know Hebrew or Greek. Um, But... If you were to hear all the rolling R's, uh, I saw Victoria on here earlier. Um, Anybody who speaks other languages, I think Owen's on here, she speaks other languages. Anyway, anybody who speaks other languages can understand those rolling R's and those Z sounds and so forth. And so this town, according to Wikipedia, Based on linguistic um, discrepancies, is how Wikipedia described it, linguistic discrepancies, um, this town was originally pronounced Netzer. And it really wasn't established as a town until the Romans got there. Until the Romans got there, which was about 60 years before Jesus was born. And so it was just sort of this outpost that was... um, You know, people traveled around and through, but it wasn't a full establishment until the Romans got there about 60 years before Christ was born, which is why it's not in the Old Testament as a town, because it wasn't established as a town yet. So this is actually correct that this town, it was initially, this area was referred to as branch. And so once you realize that, then you see That Matthew was accurate. There were multiple prophets saying it. And the multiple prophets were Jeremiah and Jeremiah 23, 5. Let me get down close so I can see. I will raise unto David a righteous branch. Jeremiah 33, 15. I will cause the branch of righteousness to grow up unto David. Oh my goodness. Then we get to Zechariah 3, 8. I will bring forth my servant, the branch. Are you kidding me right now? Zechariah six twelve. Behold the man whose name is the branch. He shall grow up out of his place. He shall build the temple of the Lord. Jesus Christ said in Matthew 26, 61, John 2, 19, Mark 14, 58, Destroy this temple, talking about himself, and in three days I will raise it up again. Ah, oh, I just love how the word of God proves itself. This poor soul, this poor soul that felt like Matthew was wrong and all of those poor people that felt like Matthew was wrong. Oh my goodness. They just have to do a little digging. Like less than 10, 15 minutes of work. And I found these verses. So so, so beautiful. I love it so much. Okay, there's Matthew too. y'all have fun. Oh, oh, art. I said I, I said um, for those of you who are doing artsy journaling, please, for my sake, please just draw a branch, just a branch all over this this page this chapter two, just draw a branch and prove this guy wrong. I just want to see pictures of beautiful branches painted across your Matthew twos. I love you guys. Thanks for joining me. Bye.